God, great are you, great are you, Lord, great are you, Lord, great are you, Lord. I asked him to go back into the song because earlier today I was walking around outside and just walking around in the parking lot. I like going down by the little swamp. Yeah, you guys can have a seat, sorry. Actually, if you guys just want to stand the entire time, that'd be perfect. Uh, and then that way you're ready for a round of applause and the standing ovation when we're done. Anyways. Uh, I was walking around outside and I like going down by the little swamp over there and uh, just praying to God. And I had Pandora going on and that song just came on and uh, I was just praying at that point. But when the song came on, like it just started bursting outside of me. Like I just, I couldn't help but to just stand down there and just start declaring just this over today. Like this is, as the believer, this is the song of our life, Greater You Lord. There, there's no other position for us. And in fact, I could probably scrap the message and I'm not going to, but I could probably just scrap the message and, and just continue just declaring that because if we could just get our lives around this idea of greater you, Lord, and just allow him to be great in our life, allow our hearts to come into alignment with his greatness, all the stuff that I'm, I'm teaching on, all the stuff that we're preaching on would just fall into alignment as well. This is legitimately the song of our heart as believers. Great are you, Lord. So just, I just wanted to, and thank you to our, our worship team for, I don't know if you've seen them. Yeah, they, that was uh, audible, and I don't know, they were throwing me hand signs that I didn't know what that meant, and they're like, I was like, yes, do it. <laughs> and it worked out perfect. Man, the Holy Spirit is here. Oh. Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you. God, we just declare great are you. God, have your way here tonight. God, I pray over each and every heart, each and every soul that's come into this place. God, that they just have an encounter with you. God, that we have an encounter with you. Father, I pray everything else aside today that every single person in here would walk away with an everlasting encounter with you, God. Experiencing your love, experiencing your heart, feeling your embrace. God, we pray as we go into this message tonight, God, that you would just, you just soften soils of our heart to, to just unearth the things that we've put as lordship of our life that, that shouldn't be lordship of our life, God. These belief structures, the things that we've known to be true, God, we just hand them over to you. So God, I thank you for the work that you're already doing in every single person, every single heart that's in here already. God, we say have your way, have your way. And we pray all this in Jesus' name, amen. And when you pray it like that, amen, that's super spiritual, and the Lord answered those prayers. <laughs> well, at least we got laughter, so we're off to a good start. Um, so if, you're, if this is the first week that you've been here, or if you haven't been here for the last four weeks, again, I'm just going to recap. We've actually been in a, a four-week series called the Roots Series, um, also by... 
By the way, I'm Nick. I'm uh, a part of our staff here for our Young Adults Ministry. And Pastor Jake, our pastor of Access, started off uh, the series with two weeks. The first week was on freedom from unforgiveness, so talking about forgiveness and really the, the bondage that unforgiveness puts us in. Uh, the second week, he talked about pain and these different pain points and the things that we start to realize within us that we've tried to hide for so long, and we started talking about how God wants to bring those up, not to hurt us, but to really deal with those things. Last week, we talked about fear, like Ryan was saying, and talked about three different types of fear. There's a rational fear, where uh, if a lion chases us, we have a fear, we run for our lives, hopefully you make it, right? That's a rational fear. That's a fear that God gave us to avoid certain death. Uh, then there's the fear of the Lord, which causes us to draw near and draw close to God. And then there's the third fear, which is the spirit of fear, which is partnering with the lies of the enemy. Uh, so then this week, we're going to be talking about inner vows and just these oaths and these commitments that we've made, these declarations that we've made over our life. And the, I absolutely love that, that it's and it, we didn't really structure it this way. When we originally did this series, uh, the Lord kind of laid it out for us on, on how we were going to move through it. But I love that we go through these four different things of forgiveness. And then we talk about pain. And oftentimes pain, the pain that we experience as kids, the pain that we experience throughout life, brings us to a place to where either one, we, we hold on to resentment and unforgiveness. Or two, we hold on to fears uh, but then even if we deal with those fears, a big thing that, like I said, we're going to talk about tonight is the belief structures that we've taken onto ourselves, that sometimes we could find freedom in a certain area of our life and not realize that we're in bondage in a different area of our life. So that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. If you guys remember, uh, 2 Corinthians 3.17 is kind of the, the verse that all started this whole thing. So it's where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We're talking about freedom. And the whole idea of the roots and everything like that is the fact that sin and the, the actions of sin are never really the issue. They're the things that we can see. They're the, the fruits of a deeper issue. Uh, but sin is always linked back to a root issue in these things that we haven't dealt with in our lives, these belief structures, these pains, these lies that we've taken on and taken grapple and just we grab hold of in our lives that cause us to produce this sinful fruit. All this making sense? Awesome. So in our vows, there's a, uh, I believe we have a definition that's going to go up there, or a commitment, a vow, an oath that you make, whether consciously or unconsciously, within your heart. All your actions, reactions, and interactions are filtered through this commitment. These are different things that, that we've grabbed onto as personal truths that we start to operate and we start to filter everything down through. Uh, so if you guys have ever gone through Freedom Ministries or Kairos or any of the different programs, and not programs necessarily, but classes that we have, um, and I'll probably talk about those more later on, um, but this is you'll know that we have these lenses that we kind of put on over top of our, our eyes that we start to see the world through. And, you know, it's that whole rose-colored glasses kind of thing where we start to see the world tinted through whatever lenses that we have over top of our eyes. And oftentimes those lenses are rooted in lies and uh, belief structures and everything like that. So the big thing that we're going to be talking about tonight, and I don't actually think I have this scripture up there, um, but Proverbs 23, 7 says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. 
And <clears throat> I think it's, it's important to distinguish that it says, as a man thinks in his heart. It's not necessarily as a man thinks in his mind. I've done, now that I've been in, I've been in ministry for five years now, and I've done numerous different one-on-ones, and uh, one thing that I realize is, is people can have the vocabulary uh, I sit down with people that have a, a very strong Christian vocabulary, right? They've, they've definitely been in the word and uh, they know the, the Christianese ways of saying things, right? But that doesn't necessarily mean that it's a belief in their heart. Sometimes we could be declaring something with our mouth and we could really think one way, but then we could actually believe a different way and that's what we're actually going down and, and searching down into tonight. And I really feel like uh, the Lord's going to be laying some things on your heart even as we go through this, but then we're going to finish up at the end with um, just some prayer time and just some activations to where we're going to walk into God's presence and, uh, and just see what he does, because I really think that he wants to do a, a great move tonight and really bring some freedom. So, inner vows, these are the promises that we make to ourselves. They're meant to comfort ourselves. And actually, the, the thing about all the different structures that we're talking about, right? Forgive, uh, unforgiveness, right? This thing that we hold on to resentment. We, we, we partner with these things or even fear and pain. We, we either, one, we try and push pain down and we try and like bury it and kick as much dirt over top of it because we think that as long as we can bury it, we don't have to deal with it and it won't hurt. Or these, these fears and we start to build our own comfort mechanisms, right? And we start to become almost a lord of our own life to where we start to say, this thing will comfort me, this thing will comfort me, this thing will comfort me. And we start reaching out and grabbing these different things that were never meant to comfort us. If you think back to, we're actually gonna go back to the garden and talk about that in a minute, but what was the first thing that Adam did when he realized he grabbed the fig leaf, covered himself, right? These comfort mechanisms that we constantly reach out and instead of turning to the Lord. And the big thing about this entire series and the big thing about our entire walk with Christ is everything about the Christian life is supposed to be about Christ being complete lordship over every single area of our heart. There's areas of our heart that we can, we can give Christ the, the throne to, but then in these other areas we start to you know, make our own little comfort mechanisms. And that's what we're talking about tonight. So if you guys want to turn to Matthew 5.33 through 37, uh, that's on page 100 and, no, just kidding. Just uh, stupid jokes. Emily always laughs at me because I always laugh at my own jokes. So it's fine if you guys don't laugh because I'll still be laughing at me. Uh, anyways, Matthew 5.33 says, this is Jesus talking, so these are red letters. Again, you have heard the, ancient, the ancients were told, you shall not make false vows, but shall fulfill your vows to the Lord. But I say to you, make no oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by earth, for it is the footstool of his feet, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Nor shall you make an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black, but let your statements be yes, yes, or no, no. Anything beyond this is of evil. Other translations say, let your yeses be yeses and your noes be noes. So I love what Jesus is doing here. So... I'm gonna go back to this in a minute. Let's actually take a step back. I, I absolutely love going back to Genesis and constantly going back to seeing where God's original plan and purpose was. So if you guys remember, there's the Garden of Eden, right? And in the Garden of Eden, there was two trees. There was a tree of life 
and a tree of knowledge of good and evil. God placed Adam and Eve, right? He picked up the ball of dirt, breathed Adam into existence, and then from Adam made Eve. And he, he told them that they could go around and they could have and eat of anything in the garden except for the knowledge of good and evil, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And there's this place to where Adam and Eve, from the very beginning, it says that they walked with God in the cool of the day. And here they were walking with God by their side and every yes that they knew and every no that they knew was God breathed. Does that make sense? They were connected to the source of life. They didn't have to determine what was good and what was evil because they were connected to life himself. And through that and from that, they were able to operate in a way that they were so confident in the things that they were doing that they didn't need to have the knowledge of good and evil. They had life, and in life is God's perfect knowledge, right? And then the fall happens, and they eat of the tree of knowledge of good I forget which one did I say was, in, uh, anyways. So let's say this one's the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Uh, so they eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and what the Lord said to them was, the, the day that you eat of that, you will surely die. Now what did not happen was Adam and Eve did not fall over dead right then and there. But what did happen was they severed their connection to life, and they plugged it into a thing that was never called to be their source, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And all of a sudden they have these belief structures and they're starting to say yes and no on their own merit because they have the knowledge of good and evil and they know what is right and wrong and they start to become Lord of their lives. Does that make sense? Jesus came to die on the cross to reconnect us back to the tree of life. It says that the, the heavens were rend, right? It says in the tabernacle, the, the veil that was between Everyone else and the Holy of Holies was torn from top to bottom because Jesus came to restore us back to a place where we were able to walk with God in the cool of the day. Amen. Praise the Lord, right? So going back to what Jesus was saying in Matthew 5.33, I, I also absolutely love that Jesus was a perfect model of this because as he was going through and he would tell the disciples and he was telling the people that, he says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father he says, I only do what I see the Father do and I only say what I hear the Father say. So in essence, he was walking with his yeses being yeses and his noes being noes because he was connected to the Father. He was no longer trying to be Lord of his own life. He was connected in fullness to the Father. He was God, but he was also man connected to God and was walking this out, bringing us back to and giving us a perfect picture of what it looks like to go back to the Garden of Eden. Inner vows are made from a place of bitterness, unforgiveness, and fear, and they are, in, are there ways in which we unknowingly partner with the lie and nature of the enemy. Our yeses should be God's yeses, and our noes should be God's noes. And like I said at the beginning, we are meant to live with every area of our life surrendered to the lordship of Jesus Christ. But there's these structures, right? These inner vows are different things that we've declared over our lives or that we've declared over other people, and it will sound like this. And this is an entire list, and we're going to go through some other examples of what it could sound like, but it could sound like this. I'm never going to be like my father. I'm never going to let them hurt me again. They're always going to be that way. Or these different, typically what you'll see is with these inner vows and these declarations, we begin, we begin to use these words like always and never, and all of a sudden we, we allow those to be absolute truths in our life, and we kick God off of his throne, and we start to put these belief structures, right, 
As a man believes or thinks in his heart, so is he. We begin to put these belief structures, these thought processes that aren't necessarily linked to the mind but linked to the heart, we start to put these in God's throne. And all of a sudden we allow them to lord our lives and we put those rose-colored glasses on and we start to see the world through whatever it is that we put on the throne. We will always see the world through whatever it is that we worship. But when we make these vows that we say, that we don't trust in the lordship of Jesus Christ and instead of putting him in that area of life, we take that place or we allow that thing to take that place and all of a sudden we start to, how many, how many guys realize there's, there's people out there, just think of it in this way, I'm gonna break it down into as simple of a process. Have any of you guys ever said, I always hit every single red light. Every re- I'm gonna hit every single red, all the time, I always hit every, the truth is, you hit like a million green lights, you just forget to recognize them. When we, when we put these things and we start focusing on these things, all of a sudden we just, we see what we wanna see and we see whatever is determined by that thing and all of a sudden now you, every red light that you get stopped at, you're like, see, I told you, every single red light I get stuck at. I'm never gonna be like my father, I'm never gonna be poor again, I'm never gonna let anyone hurt me. I'm never gonna care about anyone again. I always have to be the best at everything that I do. I can never share anything with whoever, men, women, pastors, Jesus, individuals, specific individuals. People, men, women, Christians, ethnic groups, et cetera, are always or will always or always do. How many of you guys realize that that racism is a big inner vow to where people have deemed an entire population to be a certain way, right? These different issues. The beautiful thing about this series and and, and the beautiful thing about all the different structures that, I mean, this is all found in Scripture, but the thing is, when we start to actually realize these thought processes, we can start to look at the world and we actually know what to be interceding for because now we're not focusing on the fruit of the issue. We're seeing hurt people hurt people. And if I'm going to pray for them, I'm going to... They were hurt in this place. And all of a sudden we could start to approach people in a different way because now we understand that they're operating out of hurts and wounds versus operating out of being Satan themselves, right? Just whatever we think, you know? I, I don't know. We start to think weird things. But it blocks us from being able to actually partner with people and being able to actually speak God's truth over them because we're so focused on the fruit, but what it also does is when we actually get these structures and the unforgiveness and the pain and the fear and the uh, inner vows and there's so many other soul ties and all sorts of different stuff. Um, if you want to know more about this, Kairos is coming up. But uh, all these different things are just these, these red lights, right? We go back to Jake's message about uh, operation and that buzzer. You start to realize these things and that buzzer goes off and the nose turns red. And, and it starts to awaken our consciousness to hey, you know, there, there might be something else going on inside of me than what I actually think is going on inside of me. And I might be thinking one way, but I might be believing a different way. And I need to bring my belief structure, bring my thought process, bring everything to the obedience of Jesus Christ versus the obedience of my experience, my pain, my past, my anything. And the specific thing about inner vows is these are acts of our will. These aren't... 
These aren't anything that like we just happened upon. These are things that we've willed. Like God gave us free will. He gave us ability to choose things. This is something that, that the enemy didn't give us, but the things that the enemy is trying to present to us, it's, these inner vows are ways that we've partnered with that and we've actually taken the lie of the enemy and pulled it out, chosen with our will to receive that as how we're gonna move forward and approach the rest of the world. Oftentimes, like, the thing with a lot of these, and it, this isn't an absolute statement, but a lot of the times you could trace a lot of this stuff back to, like, childhood. We talked about it a little bit last week. Talked about, like, the, the high school and elementary years and just the exaggerated where we kind of wear our pain and everything and our fear on our, on our uh, clothes, you know. But if you trace it back to childhood, oftentimes you could see where the, the root lie and the different things that we've started to believe and the experiences that we had, the pains that we had, where they began. And then all of a sudden, oftentimes what you watch is there's a pendulum shift to where kids that thought that their parents were spanking them was unfair treatment grew up making a declaration into, at times, making a declaration of I'm never, gonna, I'm never gonna do that to my kids. I'm never gonna reprimand my kids that way. And all of a sudden, you got this giant pendulum shift over to where instead of making Jesus Christ the standard of their life, now they're basing everything off of what they experienced from their parents, and then they make the decision of what's right and wrong. They make the decision to go over to the other side, and then all of a sudden you have people growing up not reprimanding their kids, not bringing correction to their kids, and their kids are being led astray. Another thing that happens is because we put this thing into that throne of our heart, right, and we begin to worship, a truth that you find all throughout Scripture is we become like the one that we worship. Actually, so we, we talked about 2 Corinthians 3.17. If you go and study 2 Corinthians 3.18, right after that, it talks exactly about this, about how we are transformed into Jesus' image when we worship him. And we become like the thing that we worship. So if Jesus isn't on that throne, the standard that we put on that throne, we start to gravitate towards, even if the standard that we put on that throne was a declaration that we were never gonna be like that. Think about this. How many people have you ever heard, I'm not gonna be like my father? I will never be like my father. And then 10 years later, what do they look like? Their father. Because all of a sudden we start to gravitate towards and we start to, even though we're trying to push against it, we, we're so focused and we're so fixated on that one thing that we just keep on drawing into it and we keep on doing these things. And then you have these habitual life patterns to where people just start going on these emotional roller coaster rides and all of a sudden it's an ebb and flow through their life because they're constantly drawing near and then making another declaration and pushing away and drawing near and making another... Versus bringing it to Jesus Christ first and foremost and allowing him to be Lord of that life or Lord of that area of our life. Intervals resist change and growth. Anytime that I, I sit down and minister with someone and if there's any kind of like backlash, you, you, could, you could typically kind of root it back to an interval. I, I sat down with a, a guy and... Um, I do believe that this guy knows and loves the Lord. Uh, we were sitting down in a coffee shop and we just got into this conversation where he started kind of putting out some of the thought processes that he had about women. 
And here he is, he's claiming to be a Christian. And like I said, I truly believe that he does know the Lord, but uh, I don't believe that he's given this place uh, to Jesus Christ at this point. Um, and he's engaged, but then he's also telling me, man, there's so many hot girls at my work. I could have any, any one of them if I wanted. And just these thought processes. And I'm like, I'm in the conversation and I bring that up and I'm like, dude, that's, like, do you realize that that is improper thought process? Like, that, that's gonna lead you astray. And, and we start talking back and we, we start going back to just some of his childhood stuff. And there was a point to where and even like, also in our conversation, I was just kind of, I, when I talk about the Lord, I, I love to talk about God in just this like poetic love language. I mean, God captivates my heart, you know, and he's just, he's the lover of my heart. I'm, I'm just so drawn and so just taken by him. And just this, this love language that I, I love just approaching the Lord as, as just who he is, the greatness that he is. And I'm using some of this language in our conversation and he starts bringing it up of, essentially calling me a sissy of, dude, like guys don't, guys don't relate to the Lord in that way. That's very girly language to be relating to the Lord in that way. And we're just working through this. And I, I was like, I brought into the conversation, I was like, do you, do you feel like there was ever a point in your, your childhood to where your father told you to stop being a sissy? And we started going back to these different root court, like it was just he wore it on his sleeve. It was so apparent and so blatantly obvious. And he started like, he started going, yeah, I, I do understand that that probably happened. I was like, do you understand that that's probably skewing and shifting your ability to approach the Lord in any kind of intimacy? Because we're talking about his prayer. This isn't a commentary on him, but this is a, a structure that I fall like into and find in different ministry conversations to where somebody is, like I said, these are acts of the will and these are partnering of the will with lies and in, in, in having this partnership and having it be our will, it's nothing that the Lord is just gonna come and take from you. And I, I don't wanna say that as an absolute, but nine times out of 10, it, maybe even every time, I don't know, but it's, it's, we have to renounce that lie and we have to give that over to the Lord. I mean, there will be times where God will show you a new truth and all of a sudden it will break off instantly anyways. But there's a place where we have to actually Repent, and repent means to turn and go the other direction, right? We've been going this one way. We've been thinking about this one way. We've been believing this one way. There's a story in the Bible. I absolutely love this story. It's Moses, and he's walking by the burning bush. You guys know this story? And he says that the, the bush was being consumed with fire, but it wasn't, or it was burning with fire, but it wasn't being consumed. So there's a supernatural presence of the Lord on this bush where it was on fire, but it wasn't burning up. And it says when, when Moses turned to see what was going on, and, and if you break it down to the root terms, it's talking about him turning his heart and he was awakened to the presence of the Lord in that moment. And there's these things to where we have to, we've been going one direction and we've been knowing this one thing, but then the Lord calls us to repent and we go the other direction. And this is a severing of belief structures. This is an act of our will of going, God, I do renounce this lie. And I say that because we're going to step into that in a minute. But anyways, it, in the conversation, we're, we're talking about these different things. And, and I just kind of like brought it up in conversation. And we were, it was definitely a ministry conversation. He, he reached out for other things and we were walking through things. And just asking him if he wanted to just renounce those things and turn those things over to the Lord just to, 
just to see what God wanted to do and wanted to show him with, and, and he just denied. And there, there's this thing to where we can continue to put ourselves in bondage when we continue to, to choose to partner with these things. And then I'll also say this of uh, another, this one's a little bit of a, a lighter note. Uh, there was another conversation that I was having with a young man that uh, we were just sitting, we were actually down sitting in the olive tree. And he's sitting there and he's, he, he told me that he wanted to meet with me at some point and said that he was struggling with something. And we sit down and he's talking about like, he goes, Nick, I, I work downtown, I, I go to school downtown, and I absolutely hate walking around downtown. And I just, he was part of one of our ministry teams that went out and did outreach out there. He's like, anytime that I'm out there doing outreach, I'm just like anxious and I just don't want to be out there. <laughs> so we're like working through it and then all of a sudden just somewhere in some prayers and different things, he just, he kind of blurts out. He goes, I just, I just don't like skateboarders. <laughs> I'm sitting here because it was a very serious conversation. And he goes, I don't like skateboarders. Like, okay. He goes, they're always high. They're, they're <coughs> always late for things. They're never working. They're never like, they're just always and never, right? <laughs> so I'm like, okay, okay, Lord, we're going to walk into this and we're just going to see what you want to do with this. And we brought it to the Lord and the Lord did a, a great work in him and gave him a different like perspective on things. And we traced it back. We brought it back to where it all began. And it turns out like down the street from him when he was a young kid, uh, there was a skateboarder that came over and, and wounded him some way. I don't remember if it was vocally or physically or whatever, but he just held this resentment, right? There was unforgiveness, but then there was also this belief structure that he took on to where it legitimately affected his ability to walk around downtown Grand Rapids <laughs> because there's skateboarders all over the place out there. And every single time he'd see a skateboarder, he'd want to turn and go like, okay, I'm not going that way. There's one of those skateboarders, those punks, you know, they're always this or they're always that. I seen him a couple weeks later after our prayer and, and ministry time and I was like, dude, how's, how's it going? He's like, it's amazing. <laughs> it's like, it's like walking into a new city. I was okay. The Lord can work through skateboarders. It's crazy. Intervals declare that I don't care what the Bible says. I know what's best for my life, and no one is going to teach me in this area. They put all the burden of transformation on ourselves because now we've, like I said, we connected to that tree of knowledge and good and evil versus connecting to the tree of life. And when we connect to the tree of life, God brings that healing, God brings that peace, God brings that comfort, God does all the work inside of us. It's, it's an amazing thing when we realize that the gospel is so simple. It just requires us to constantly be putting stuff on the, the foot of the cross and then Jesus takes care of it, it's amazing. <laughs> we, we complicate it way too much, it's so simple. Anybody follow Jimmy Evans or anything? He does marriage today, and I, I absolutely love Jimmy Evans. And he talks about this, this idea of inner vows. He goes, it's like a drunken man trying to get on a horse. And he starts off in this ditch, and he gets up to get onto the horse, but then like falls off the other side and falls down in the ditch. But then he's laying in the ditch and is just drunk in stupidity, pointing over to the other ditch going, at least I'm not in that ditch over there. It's these pendulum shifts that we just swing over to the other side and... It, it, 
if it's not based off of Jesus Christ, if it's based off of whatever the other party is doing or whatever the other ditch is doing or whatever happened in our previous experiences, if that's our determining factors, again, we have these inner vows in our lives and we're giving them the throne of Christ. So again, I'm just gonna read through uh, these again, and, and this is by no means, and I, last week I had a list of different fears, and that wasn't a comprehensive list, but there are so, like I said, the, the fact that there can be an inner vow about skateboarders that drastically change a person's life. Uh, they could be anything and everything. Uh, but I'm gonna read these ones off, because these are, are super common. And uh, I read them a minute ago, but I'm never gonna be like my father or my mother or even a, a boss. I'm never gonna be like that boss. I'm never gonna be like that teacher. I'm never gonna be like, I'm never gonna be poor again. I'm never gonna let anyone hurt me again. That's a big one, because we've all been hurt through different relationships, through different things. The thing is, if we've, if we've declared over our life that we're never gonna be hurt again, we're essentially telling the Lord that he can't use us for any sake of ministry, because Jesus told us that when we're stepping into ministry, there, there will be persecution. It's not about our feelings, it's about Jesus's mission and, and heaven hitting earth, right? And there's these things to where ministry can get kind of messy and all of us in here, if we're following Christ, are called to ministry. Persecution looks like a lot of different things, but if we've declared that we're not gonna allow ourselves to be hurt again, then we're gonna avoid every instance in which we may be hurt, which is pretty much every instance of ministry. I have to be the best at everything that I do. I can never share anything with men, women, pastors, Jesus, people, whoever, men, women, Christian, ethnic groups, etc. always or are always or will always. We're gonna go into a, a time of prayer and I just, I know that there's some people in here to where all of a sudden, you, you, throughout this whole thing, you've just, Something's been welling up inside of you to where you know the things that you've started to believe over yourself. And I guarantee you, all of us in here have multiple intervals that need to be dealt with. But I truly believe that the Lord's gonna start laying on your heart some different things that you may have rooted into and that you may have you know, put on that throne and, and started to elevate as as person of Jesus Christ. So if you guys could just bow your heads and, and just get into a, a posture of receiving, just however you sit to hear from the Lord. By the way, if this is your first time ever entering into a, a, a time of prayer like this, or if you're sitting there wondering if God actually speaks, the scripture is very, very clear. That his sheep, his children will know his voice. He speaks to us. says that we do not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds, not proceeded, but proceeds from the mouth of God. He's still speaking to you today. He wants to talk to you right now. So just start asking the Lord, God, is there, is there any place in my life that I've made a, an inner vow, an oath? Is there any place in my heart that I haven't allowed you to be Lord of my life, but I've started to make declarations that may not be true?
everyone's eyes are closed. So if you if you feel like the Lord's laying something on your heart, I just want you to raise your hand real quick. I just kind of want to gauge where to go from here and just kind of see. Some of you guys came in. You guys can put your hands down. Thank you. Some of you guys came in tonight focused on on a sin pattern that's been in your life. There's things that are happening in your life that you don't know why they're happening. Patterns that you're falling into that you've been trying so hard to, to not fall into. I want you, if you don't feel like you're hearing the Lord place something on your heart, I want you to bring that in front of them and say, God, is there any wrong thinking and any wrong belief structures that I may be thinking about this thing? ask God, God, is there any areas in my life that I am believing a lie? I promise you the Lord will lay something on your heart. sitting there, whatever whatever God's laying on your heart, you don't need to do it out loud, but I just want you to just confess that to the Lord. Just go, God, I have been believing this lie. Some of you know exactly where that lie and that belief structure began. But if you don't, just ask God to show you. God, would you show me? Lord, would you show me? Where that, that lie began, where the, the pain started. And he's not gonna bring you to that place again for you to hurt. He's gonna bring you to that place because he wants to bring healing. We have a good, good father.
as you're just working through this with the Lord, just ask God, is there anybody that I need to forgive? Whether it be the, the person that wronged you, the person that hurt you, maybe yourself, maybe it's the Lord. But just God, ask God, God, is there anybody that I need to forgive right now? Forgiving someone isn't telling them or isn't declaring that what they did is okay, but it's saying that you're not going to allow it to be Lord of your life. And also, if you didn't forgive yourselves, just forgive yourself. Say, Lord, I, get, I forgive myself for grabbing on to a lie or making an improper belief structure or allowing anything else to be in your throne. submitting that place, submitting that thing to Jesus Christ. Oftentimes we bring the fruit, right? We bring the sin and we try and, we try and lay that down at the, the foot of Christ. We try and submit that to him and then we, we realize that we didn't go back and actually touch on the root issue. We didn't give that over to Jesus Christ. So instead that fruit just continues to be produced. But while you're in that place right now, hand this over to the Lord and just say, God, I give this to you. Jesus, I hand this to you. I give you this lie. I give you this belief, this thought process, this structure that I've found comfort in. I give it to you. ask him Jesus what do you want to give me in return
we're going to close out here in a second, but I just want you to sit in that place again. And if, you, if you're sitting there and you're like, I don't, I don't know if what I'm hearing is the Lord, I don't know what to do with a lot of this, this is new for me or anything like that, we're just going to end off where we began. And I just want you to sit there and just say, great are you, Lord. Father, you're greater than anything in my life. just declare, Jesus, you are perfect. And I choose to allow you to be Lord of my life, Lord of my heart. I give you all the places of my heart. Would you direct me? Father God, we just thank you. God, I thank you for the work that you've started tonight, God, the work that you're doing tonight. I thank you for the freedom that you're bringing, the lies that you're uncovering and and the truths that you're bringing in, God. God, we pray that as we go forward into the week, into into the rest of our lives, God, the rest of our walk with you, God, that you would just continue to constantly stir up our hearts to be able to unearth the things that you want to bring healing to, unearth the lies that you want to bring truths to, unearth the belief and thought processes and belief structures that we've been gripping onto, God, but hold us back and put us in bondage. God, just have your way, have your way. Father, we love you, we praise you, and pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I mentioned it a couple times, then Ryan's going to come up, but this entire series, but especially this message is, is a long, I mean, this could be an entire day event, and just talking about this one thing, and trying to pack it into 30, 40 minutes, whatever it is, uh, is, is kind of a task, but... If going through this series, there's something inside of you going, okay, this is, this is either one, making sense, or two, not making sense, but I want it to make sense. We have a couple different resources for you guys on Wednesday nights, so here you are, Wednesday nights. Uh, we have Freedom Ministries and the Foundations of Freedom classes. Uh, all of the Freedom Ministry stuff is, is free, so it's not like a paid class or anything that you have to go through. And um, and it's not about freedom, but this kind of thought process and this kind of structure is really based off, I mean, I was essentially preaching from the Freedom Manual tonight. So those are, are Wednesday nights and you can find that information on, on the website. But then specifically, there's the Kairos event, which is coming up, it's October 27th and 28th. It's a Friday evening and Saturday during the day. And it's incredible. It's all about hearing God's voice. It's all about uh, finding freedom in the. excuse me, finding freedom in the areas of your life that you may not have known that you needed freedom in. We're going to cover a lot of these same type of topics, but then it goes in a lot deeper and on a a bunch of other topics that that we didn't get a time and and chance to go through. But I highly suggest if if this stuff, if you're starting the conversation with the Lord and you really want to have another outlet and another place to really direct you in that way and bring you through that that process of really bringing these things over to the Lord, 
that's coming up October 27th and 28th. Uh, and you guys can find information about that on the website as well. So thank you guys. I appreciate you guys. And uh, yeah, thanks.